Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brayfield Show. I am your host, the one, the only, Riley Brayfield, also known as Titties on the Streets, by some of my friends, enemies, you know, yada, yada, yada. You can find this podcast on all of them, Spotify, Apple, you name it. It's on there, YouTube as well. I do video every once in a while, but clips out so you can see my beautiful face if that's how you like it. Um, this is, you know, this is a show, if this is your first time, this is a show where we talk about sports, talk about politics, you know, talk about culture, anything that I feel like I feel the need to talk about or share. If people haven't heard, share my opinions, my thoughts. That is what I do here. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter as well. Give me a follow on all three of those. I would appreciate it. I would love it. Let's get into today's show. Just a couple news things and then, you know, my top five. And then I'm going to be uh, doing a little live NFL mock draft and a live NBA mock draft. I'm going to be seeing what I think should happen real in time. You know, not giving myself time to think about it. Just a smart move. What I think is the right move for these teams. Should be fun. I hope hopefully create some good content. We will see. But first off, congrats to UConn. Congrats to LSU. UConn men's won the title on Monday. Absolute dominant performance. I mean, they were just beating the shit out of teams all year long in the tournament. I mean, the only time they struggled was Biggie's play. Non-conference. They didn't lose a single game this year. Just beat up on everyone. A very deserving team. A lot of people have been talking about if UConn's a blue blood or not now. You know, five titles. I mean, it's many. Many. It's... I think North Carolina has six. Duke has five. You know, a lot of those programs, same type of criteria. I don't I, – I always look at championships as the gold standard when it comes to sports. You know, if you don't have the championships, can you really call yourself a blue blood? Yeah, you might put out the talent. You might be there every year, but are you winning them? That's what really, to me, makes it makes you stick out as a blue blood. Then, obviously, LSU and Iowa played Sunday. LSU won that game. Sparked a huge controversy. It's still going on this week on Twitter, it seems like. And this is like four or five days later now. People talking about Angel Reese, you know, taunting Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark said she was cool with it, whatever. Joe Biden then invites both teams to the fucking White House. Like, this is some fucking participation trophy. Like, I thought we only heard about kids that are, like, under the age of eight got participation trophies. But now they're throwing them to Iowa because we just have this horrible garbage administration that's out of touch and just wants everyone to be their friends. Hopefully they can get revoted. Just spitting truth facts there. Nonetheless, you know, I... I I thought Angel did okay with the taunting it was towards the end when she was kind of falling to where I do see the issue. It was a little weird, a little strange. But in a day, it's good, fun competition. Everyone's excited. Everyone's used all the talk was about Caitlin Clark all week long, leading up to the Final Four, and then all day, Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday, you know, Caitlin Clark this, Caitlin Clark that, and then LSU beat them. Flat out just beat them. You can't look at the fouls. I mean, they out-rebounded them. They out-shot them. LSU just flat out beat them, so... Whatever. Nonetheless, Marquise Noel is heading to the draft. You know, I'm working on a little project. He kind of sparked my interest here. A little project hopefully get done here in a week or two. Kind of going to be talking about, you know, is it better to leave early in college and that way you produce at a higher rate in the NBA? International players better staying in college. Like, kind of looking at those benefits. But Marquise, to me, I think he can definitely fit on an NBA roster. I mean, you saw what the guy did throughout the NCAA tournament. He did it all year long. He's able to facilitate. He's able to score. He makes dope-ass passes, first of all. So I think that he definitely has a shot and a place in the NBA, and I hope that somebody takes a chance on him so that he can prove himself just like he always has. So, And the portal news and last bit of sports I have here before we get into the top five and my mock drafts, um, Max Abemis, point guard for Oral Roberts, obviously led him to the tournament this year, led him to the tournament a couple of years back when it was him and Kevin O'Banner. Um, so, you know, hitting the portal, he's definitely going to draw a lot of interest. I definitely see some power five school taking him. The guy, you know, he's unreal. He's a bucket, can score 20 points a game. 
you know, but get better pieces around him. You know, he might not be the best player, but he's still going to be able to facilitate and score the ball. So I definitely think Power Five School will take a take a shot on him. I'm excited to see where he goes. Hopefully, he gets one more shot at it. You know, so I just that's what I love about this extra COVID year right now. It just gives everybody another chance to one last go to make something happen. Douglas Mackey. A gentleman by that name was the first person in the history of ever, I'm pretty sure, to be arrested for a meme. He created a meme that was basically telling Hillary voters they could text in to vote, and then this New York judicial system believes that he affected the outcome of the election. Jeez, I'm drawing a blank here. Of the election, which is really funny because people that were on the left side were also making memes telling you could text in to vote for Trump. But if anyone was willingly dumb enough to fall for that, you're pretty fucking stupid. I don't think anyone should go to jail for that. I think it's called common sense. We kind of lack a lot of that in America. It seems like a lot of common sense just doesn't seem to happen very much. We got a lot of stupidness, idiocracy. You ever seen that movie? That's literally the fucking road we're going down. And then fucking just doesn't make sense. And also another little fun tidbit I saw here. It probably cost about $10.4 billion to you know, have two armed guards at every school. There's 130,000 guards, or 130,000 some schools, I believe. Double that by two, so you have two armed guards. You know, that's 260,000 right there, right? Okay, pay those guys a minimum salary of $40,000 per year. Averages out to $10.4 billion, right? Seems pretty doable when you think about the fact that we've sent $200 billion to Ukraine. We're about to send like another 2.4 more. For a war that most people in America don't give a fuck about, for a war that pretty much is putting us in a really bad spot for supporting Ukraine, because now Russia, China, fucking Brazil, Saudi Arabia, all the motherfuckers that hate us are now using a Chinese yuan to buy oil. So absolutely destroys that. If you've been noticing, gas prices have gone up. Once again, it's because of stupid shit President Biden has done and stupid shit that our Congress has done, because at the end of the day, who cares about Ukraine? I don't know anyone that actually does. It's not my fucking problem. I've never understood why, as America, we, we care about other people's problems. I mean, George Washington never wanted that for us. So what what happened along the way? What? Because we're a bunch of badasses and one of the world powers. We have to care about other people. Fuck that. Care about us, man. I mean, starts. There's no. There's no. There's no growth for America at this point. We are in a really bad spot. So just. Pisses me off when it would cost that much to put armed guards in every school. Federally funded job, right? Boom, bada bing, done deal. But we're sending all this money for a war that maybe five Americans care about deep down. Because they're actually Ukrainians or Russians or whatever the case may be. But no one really cares. So why are we wasting our money when we should be protecting our own people at home on our own soil? I don't care what you say about the gun laws. They're never going to change. So let's put vets in school like I was talking about last week. Plans in place right there. It's only $10.4 billion. We got tons of money that we're shelling out elsewhere. So let's fucking forget about them and care about us for once. Bud Light, my favorite beer. Really only beer I really like to drink ever. Um, is now sponsoring or putting Dylan Mulvaney, I believe is how you say he, she's name. Um, transgender, they're putting them on their Bud Light cans. They're losing lots of people for them. Nike is now sponsoring this person. So world just continues to go downhill. I don't give a shit what anyone has to say. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's normal. I don't think it's natural. I think it's a mental disorder. So that's my opinion. Don't really care if you have anything else to say about it. If you're listening, then you care about my opinion, I guess. You know, that's all I got to say. I'm just speaking how I feel. But we'll move on because this, this will be another shortest show. I can just feel it deep down in my plums. But my top five for this week, my top five favorite NBA teams I think will win the title this year. 
I'm going to be doing a little playoff picture episode next week, you know, once the playing games are kind of done and whatnot. But my top five teams, I think, win the finals right now this year, this year. Number one, Celtics. I just think they're going to get back. I love the Celtics are my favorite team, so I'm always going to root for them. But I just, I mean, they put, they beat the Bucks by like 40 points a couple, like a week ago. So I just think that between Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that this team's hungry. They're going to get back there and they're going to win it this year. My second favorite, though, however, is the Bucks. I do think that it's pretty much a one, one, two man rate, a two man, uh, a two-man race out in the East between the Bucks and the Celtics. I don't think the Sixers, you can throw them in there because I've seen them choke so many times. I really don't need to see it again. I mean, Philadelphia sports have been choking all year. They get the finals, they'll probably choke that. So, like, I don't really think that they're actually going to have a shot to win it. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. I don't know. Number three, though, for me is the Suns. I really like the Suns. I really like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre. And there's just so much there. Four different guys that could really take over a game, possibly. I think that really gives them a good benefit to make a deep run in the playoffs, especially once KD's fully healthy. So I, I do think the Suns have a really good chance of making it back. The Clippers, though, they're my fourth favorite. Something about a healthy Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs just absolutely terrifies me because every time he seems to be fully healthy, they really seem to make a run or they really seem to have a shot to win it all. So I honestly, their odds are at like, I don't even know, I think it's plus 1,200 right now. I thought about putting some money down on that. I could see that. I mean, they're maybe even higher. I don't remember. I'm not going to look it up. I could, but I'm not I'm not going to. But I do think that the Clippers have a really good shot with, with Kawhi just in general. I think he could do it again. Number five is the Nuggets. The only reason the Nuggets scare me coming out of the West is outside of Jokic, they have a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of guys that step up and make big plays. I mean, there was that one series uh, in the COVID year where Jamal Murray balled out. And I think he's back to full health. So I do think the Nuggets are dangerous. I just don't think that they're in a prime position to win the title this year. So those are my five favorite teams to win the title this year. Okay? Just this year. But probably next year as well. Because I don't, the NBA never changes, it seems like. Let's do my live NFL mock draft first. First up, let me take a drink of water here. Got to undo my cap. I'm sorry. I know this is terrible podcasting. This whole segment is going to be terrible podcasting. And if you're listening... It's because you enjoy the sound of my voice, and I probably put you to sleep on your way to work, hopefully, or on trying to get your baby to sleep. Who knows? Number one, this is who I would pick if I'm the Panthers. First pick, you know, it's saying the Panthers need quarterback, wide receiver, and an edge. Honestly, I think quarterback probably is the most important position there is. I do think they've built out the roster very well. Um, this offseason, so I really like Bryce Young to go number one to the Panthers. I just do. I think that that's the smart choice for them. It just makes too much sense. The Texans, however, having the second pick, I'm not too keen on the Texans wasting the second pick on a quarterback. I think that Davis Mills is the guy. Not the guy, but I'm more of the idea of I think it's better to build your roster up a little bit before you go drafting a quarterback. Now, there's, there seems to be this trend going on in the NFL where it's like, Got to win a Super Bowl on my on my rookie. You know, get a quarterback on a rookie deal. That's when you have to win a Super Bowl. You have those four or five years or whatever to really go out and win it. But at the same time, if your roster is not where it really needs to be, you're going to constantly just be shooting yourself in the foot because you're constantly going to be trying to draft guys, trying to get guys in free agency. But if the team is horrible, there's a head coach turnover like the Texans have had. I think it's a dumb idea to draft quarterback. So for the Texans, in my opinion, I think they should just go Will Anderson number two. Safe pick. You know what the guy can be. He's a freak athlete. Just draft an edge. Take the win right there where it is. And then you're looking You're looking up to the future. Your defense is improving. 
maybe take another year to draft a quarterback. In my opinion, that's what I would do if I was Texans. The Cardinals at three, they need really offensive line, defensive line, and corner. I really like this Devin Witherspoon right here from Illinois. I think that he would actually be a great addition to the Cardinals defense. They've been getting pretty young the past couple years on defense. I think you keep building that up and try to, you know, the offense isn't horrible. There's weapons in place. Depends on if they trade D-Hop or not. But I think that for them, that makes a lot of sense to sit. Sit right there, take a corner, keep building that defense up. The Colts, I think, you know, the Colts at four, you have to go C.J. Stroud. The Colts, they don't get Lamar Jackson like I want them to. Then I think you go with C.J. Stroud because they're one of those few teams that they can draft a quarterback on a rookie deal and they have the talent in place already for the most part on that roster to be competitive. I know the AFC is tough and it's not going to get any easier over the next couple of years, but the Colts are in prime position, you know, shell out for a couple of big guys for short-term deals and actually have a chance to make the Super Bowl. So I, I really like the C.J. Stroud pick there. The Seahawks coming in at number five, um, guard center, D-line, it's saying that they really need, you know, I don't really want to see them stretch. I don't see why they don't just draft Jalen Carter. Geno Smith is your guy. You got him for another two, three years. You made the playoffs this year. Your roster's already good. Get a little bit younger on defense. Get better on your defensive line. Why not just drop Jalen Carter? Makes total, perfect, great sense to me. I'm doing this on pro football. Focus, by the way. So they're telling me what the team, the team needs are. Excuse me. Lions coming in at six. We got wide receiver, tight end, D-line. And you know who's in there in the first round? Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnston, sorry. I, don't know, I always forgot how to pronounce his name correctly. I love the Quentin Johnston pick. I love Jared Goff. I think he could be really good for the Lions. They have, they've been putting the pieces around on offense the past couple of years. The defense got much better throughout free agency this year. So I really think it would be smart of them to draft Quentin Johnson, get another big-time weapon. Like, a, you know, like Basically, he's like Calvin Johnson, honestly. You know, his size and what he can do in the football field. So I, I really like that pick. They just get another Calvin Johnson for the future. Raiders coming in at seven, you know, quarterback, O-line, D-line, defensive back is what they're saying they need. There's, you know, it's sitting here looking at me. It's Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. But I'm pretending that I am these teams and who I would pick if I was them. So if I'm the Raiders, I'm not fucking drafting a quarterback. I don't like Will Levis. I don't like Anthony Richardson. I don't really think they're going to be that great. Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. I think he's a solid corner. I think, you know, gives them some corner depth. I think that's the smart pick for them. I really do. Falcons at eight here. Quarterback, wide receiver, edge. Seems like they're going to be sticking with Desmond Ritter. I don't see why I waste another first-round pick on a quarterback. You know, you have Desmond Ritter. You have Drake London, who's very who's ex, who had a pretty good rookie year. Kyle Pitts, who's a big-time target. You have Cordell Patterson on offense. Three guys that can create when you give them the ball. So I think... You, Focus a little bit on the defense this year. Go Tyree Wilson. He's been un he was unbelievable at Texas Tech this last year. Improve your defense. Get a little bit younger. Get a little bit more athleticism. That's that's a smart pick for me. Bears, you know, obviously try the first pick. So I think sitting right here, Peter Skronsky from Northwestern. You improve your offensive line just so Justin Fields feels safer in the future. Perfect idea. I know, right? I'm a genius. The Eagles, who have obviously lost a lot, it seems like this free agency. You know, they're telling me wide receiver, guard, center, D-line, and safety. Um, I don't really think wide receiver is that important. Um, I like this Kalija Kansi from Pitt sitting right there. Get better on the defensive line. I know they lost a couple pieces. You know, keep getting younger. 
I think that's the smart move and beneficial for them. The Titans, you know, they need wide receiver O-line help. Obviously, they've lost a lot on the O-line, it seems like, this past year. I really, really, really like Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Titans at 11. Traylon Burks and him, that could be an unreal duo. You know, like I said, you build up your roster a little bit, and then you go get your quarterback. The Titans are not going to be competitive next year. The Jaguars are getting better in that division. The Colts will probably be a little bit better. The Texans might even be a little bit better. The Titans are not going to be competitive in the division, and the AFC is so tough. I don't see them getting a the playoff spot. So the smart thing would be for them this year is to use the draft to their advantage, draft young, draft very good players. Obviously, that's what you hope for, but draft need-based and then go get a quarterback next year, and then you'll be successful. That is what my prediction is for the Titans. So I think Jackson Smith and Jigba would be a great pickup for them in the draft. Now we're back to the Texans picking here at 12. You know, I obviously went with um, what's-his-face, Will Anderson, earlier. So this leads quarterback, wide receiver, center, D-line. This is kind of what they're telling me they need. I, I still don't like the idea of drafting another quarterback. I just really, I really don't. I think that would be dumb of them. In all honesty, just sitting here looking at it, you know, there's not a lot, in my opinion, that would be not considered a reach more than likely at some positions. But I do really like Brian Breeze. He kind of had an up and down year for Clemson. I think he even got hurt there for a time. But I like him, you know, get him, Will Anderson together, really start working on that defensive line. Use this draft here advantage. Build up the defense before you go spin on a quarterback next year. I mean, you just traded Brandon Cooks away. Why would you, Jerry, your best wide receiver, why would you bring a quarterback into a team with a bunch of no-name wide receivers? You need guys that are established, that can create, that aren't fighting for a contract necessarily, that are just solid baseball, or sorry, solid football dudes. So I think that's the smart pick for them. The Jets might lose this pick, you know, but they're looking at tackle and linebackers, what it says their needs are. Paris Johnson sitting there, you know, he'd still be available at 13. I think that'd be a good good pick if they have that. You know, whether they end up trading him away to the Packers or whatever happens there, I think that that's a good pick for the future. Whether you get your quarterback this year or next year, that's the good pick for the future. Patriots, um, I'm, on, I'm running out of the assumption they're going to keep Mac Jones. So, you know... It says they want a quarterback, but I don't think they need a quarterback. Tackle and edge kind of where there's looking. Lucas Van Ness um, out of Iowa seems like a total fucking Bill Belichick pick. I don't even really know who the guy is, but somehow he's just going to get drafted to the Patriots. Makes sense, I guess. Packers, you know, quarterback, they're not going to go there. Wide receiver, I could see. Wide receiver, tight end, D-line, and safety. Um, Dalton Kincaid would be sitting there or Brian Branch from Alabama. I think that could be kind of a conundrum for them. I would go with Dalton Kincaid. I think you just try to give Jordan Love the best amount of weapons that he can so that he can succeed, but you're probably not going to do that. So I'm just going to draft the tight end because that makes sense to me. The Commanders obviously need some offensive line help and linebacker help is what they're telling me here. Um, just not a lot of interior guards in this year's draft. You know, it says they need guard center. I'm really not seeing anybody. I'm scrolling down I'm like into the 36 area here. The, the Commanders have been, in the past couple years, a team known to reach, so I wouldn't be surprised if they draft Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Improved offensive line. He's a good he's a good guard. I think he can have a really good career, but I, they're just going to make a stretch pick. They're not a guy at the top of the board. Steelers, tackle linebacker, DB. You now that leaves Deontay Banks sitting right here from Maryland. He had a pretty solid year. 
kind of fits the mold. I think he could slide in and be a really good, really good piece for the Steelers moving forward. Lions back on the clock. Who did I draft before? I always forget when I do it like this. Quentin Johnson. So they already got a wide receiver. You know, tight end D line help. I think would be very beneficial. It looks like. But I just don't see anyone that I love for them. And honestly, Nolan Smith sitting right here from Georgia had an unreal year this last year. So I, I see the Lions picking him up at 18. Buccaneers, I don't think they're going quarterback. I mean, I mean, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they're not going to still be on the board at 19. But I wouldn't draft them. I just don't see it. Um, but I like Brian Branch from Alabama to go to them, you know. Help improve the secondary. They dealt with a lot of issues injury-wise this year, so I think he could be a really good addition. He could step in and play almost right away. Back to the Seahawks again. Um, who did I draft before? Got Jalen Carter. You know, looking guard center and really D-line it's saying. Um, nothing that really sticks out to me, man. I really like them to draft Zay Flowers, honestly. I think they could use another another wide receiver. You know, give them another option. We'll go with DK and Tyler Lockett. More weapons, the better. So I, I really like Zay Flowers there for the Seahawks. Chargers, wide receiver, linebacker, and corner. Joey Porter Jr. sitting right there from Penn State. Obviously, the son of Joey Porter, former NFL player. I really like that pick. I think that, you know, they need to improve their secondary. They dealt with a lot of injuries with J.C. Jackson this year. Asante Samuel was up and down, so I'm getting a, a guy that can play the nickel or step in if injuries happen. He's, he's a plug-and-play guy right away. Wide receiver edge in corner for the Baltimore Ravens. Miles Murphy from Clemson sitting right there. Love the pick. Done deal. Vikings, wide receiver D-line, linebacker, and cornerback. Um, obviously, they just got rid of Adam Thielen, so I do think another wide receiver would be smart, especially when on a rookie deal. I love Jordan Addison still sitting there. I think he can come in and be a great complimentary piece to J.J. The Jaguars next up on the clock. Really like the idea of going edge here. Will McDonald, the fourth, um, sitting there from Iowa State, had an unreal year. He's been really good the past couple of years. I think he can come in and make a huge difference for the J difference for the Jaguars this next season. The Giants coming in next. Wide receiver, corner, linebacker, safety. I mean, I'm running out of those type of positions, man. It seems like everyone needs that. I honestly, if I'm the Giants and I have any faith that Will Levis or Anthony Richardson might be a good quarterback. I mean, they did just pay Daniel Jones, I guess, so that would be stupid. The offensive line and tackle spot, especially, I know they've been drafting guys and have plenty of guys there. They wouldn't go with Bijan or Michael Mayer, I don't think. Um, I'm just not finding anyone that I, I think they go for. I think they'll probably end up reaching here. Dan Henley from Washington State, linebacker, a little bit of a stretch, but I, I do think that he was definitely somebody they'd go after. Cowboys sitting here at 26, you know, running back is a need. <laughs> Do they would they draft B. John Robinson? Would I draft B. John Robinson? I mean, I got Tony Pollard, I just brought in Ronald Jones. I feel like there's more issues on the team than there are than running backs. I wouldn't go running back, honestly. I'd probably go um go interior offensive line, go Maisie Smith from Michigan. I think that that would be a smart pick for them. Buffalo Bills up next, really saying they need defensive back help. Pretty much anyone. That leaves Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. He's he's had a pretty good year. I think he'd step in and kind of help them out, especially because they know they didn't lose anybody, but they are getting a little bit older in the secondary, so they could really use somebody to come in and help things out. Bengals up next. 
Obviously, they don't need the tackles. They do need a tight end. So Michael Mayer becomes a piece for the Bengals. Oh, my God. That guy is unreal. Can you imagine what that offense is going to look like next year? Super Bowl bound. I'm calling it. Bengals are winning if they get Michael Mayer. Saints got pick 29. Um, saying anything a lot, interior guard help would be necessary. D-line, corner. I really, really, really like the pick of B.J. Ojolari from LSU. I really think that that's the direction that they'll go. Hometown kid, not hometown, but from the area. They've seen him play the past couple of years. They know what he's about. I think he'd be a really good piece to the Saints defense. Eagles up next, and this is where I, I do see B. John Robinson falling. I really I think the, the Eagles will take a chance on him and improve their running back room. He'd be a great addition for what their offense is, so I really like that pick. Leaves the Chiefs for the last pick in the first round here. Last pick of this mock draft. Wide receiver D-line help is what they're telling me. I really, really, really love a Josh Downs um, from North Carolina to be there, be drafted by them. I think he's an exceptional talent. I think that he can really help. He can be everything that Tyreek Hill was. He, he has that type of ability. So that's my mock draft, 3.0, I believe, 3.0. So we'll be doing 4.0 right before the draft. We'll be doing that one right before the draft. So now we're doing the NBA lottery. So I just did the lottery machine. I'm just going to do it pick by pick. So just for fun, right? Why not? Pick 14 is awarded to the Atlanta Hawks. Pick 13 goes to the Utah Jazz from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Pick 12, Orlando Magic via Chicago Bulls. 11, Oklahoma City Thunder. 10, Dallas Mavericks. 9, Utah Jazz. 8, Washington Wizards. 7, Charlotte Hornets. 6, San Antonio Spurs. 5, Detroit Pistons. 4, Orlando Magic. 3, Indiana Pacers. 2, Portland Trailblazers. And number 1 goes to the Houston Rockets. The lottery. That's how it's going to work out. Number one pick for the Rockets here. It's obvious. No matter who you are, you're gonna gonna draft Victor Wembia. Wembyana is going to be the number one pick of the draft, no matter what. Um, I really do like that pickup by them, though. You know, think to go with Jaden Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Jabari Smith, Sengun. You know, he plays the center position for them. It make them a lot more athletic and really have a solid trio for the future or quadruple or whatever you want to call it so i really i really like that pick moving on to the trailblazers you know they were a little bit higher so i don't really think that they'll end up this high this is just kind of how my lottery odds played out i guess so i don't really see them it's hard telling not knowing damian lillard's hurt don't really know if he's going to be back next year it seems like they might want to trade him but also seems like they might not want to. I think the smart pick for them, say that Damian Miller stay and you draft Brandon Miller. I mean, he's a he's a three slash four guy that can stretch the floor out. He can do a lot of things. So he'd be a great addition for the Trailblazers. The Pacers coming in third pick, they're more likely won't be that high either. And then when you look at their roster, I really say like a three or a four, like a small forward, power forward would probably be the best pick. Eamon Thompson seems to be the best available from there. I have no idea who this guy is. Didn't see him play a lick of basketball this year, but we'll draft him for fun just to keep it relevant. Orlando Magic coming in at four. Obviously, have a really good, solid foundation. You know, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, 
Paulo Bancaro and Wendell Carter. That's their starting five right now. They've been producing pretty decent for the most part, not having a great year, obviously, but I really like, you know, the pieces around. I think the one thing they are missing is a point guard, and that's where Scoot Henderson comes into play. Um, I know he's supposed to be good. haven't seen him play either. He's a G League guy or whatever, so I think that he'll, they'll probably draft him if he falls there. Pistons coming in at five. Um, a lot of things, you know. Kid Cunningham is their star point guard, Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman now, Jan Duran. A lot of a lot of good pieces there. Um, so I, I I see them going the two or the three route. I mean, they already have Jaden Ivy. Isaiah Livers is playing the three. You know, that's probably their weakest starting position, I would say. So I really like the Cam Whitmore pick from Villanova. I have no idea. I haven't seen this guy play either. So, but we know the NBA is all about drafting for potential. The Spurs coming in at six. They did not get lucky and get Wimbiana. So I really like the a Derek Lively pick here, actually. They already have Zach Collins and Gorgie Dang as their center. But I think Zach or Derek could slide into the four or five and really have a, a good dynamic duo right there for them. Charlotte Hornets. What's up? What's up? What's up? You know, Lonzo Ball, obviously. This roster is really not that good. It really, really isn't. Quite a few guys sitting here that I, you know, I could see them possibly taking. Um, point guard Keontae George, but they already have Rozier and Ball. That doesn't make too much sense. I really see them going with a big guy like Dylan Mitchell from Texas. Didn't really produce a lot this year, but like I said, we all know that the NBA is draft drafts based on potential, so that just makes sense, I guess. Oh, I know this book. The Wizards coming in here at eight. Um, obviously, this this roster has so much talent around it. They're loaded at the shooting guard position. Small forwards where they keep running into issues. Um, Ozzer Thompson, no idea who he is, but we'll draft him, huh? Why not? The Jazz coming in next. Um, I don't believe did the Jazz draft yet. No, I know they have two picks. Yeah, Jazz haven't drafted yet. Um, obviously, there's quite a few holes. They had a really good start to this year, but they struggled. I really like Nick Smith Jr. Um, to go there. His athleticism, I think he could be beneficial. Good rotational piece or a possible start in the future for the Jazz. Mavericks team really shouldn't be here. Um, I think they need to look at the three, four, five areas. You know, there's a lot of guys right here names. I have no idea who they are. They haven't seen them perform all year. Um, but we're going to go Kalel Ware from Oregon. Let's draft him and hope for the best. This is why I hate the NBA, man. I never know who these people are because they don't perform throughout the regular season. Thunder up again. We obviously drafted. Did I not do the Thunder already? I thought I already drafted the Thunder. I didn't. So the Thunder, you know, Josh Giddy, Shea, Lou Dort. You know, once Chet gets healthy, tons and tons of talent there. Um, I think they would probably go with Derek Whitehead from Duke. Um, a little bit of athleticism at the three spot, you know, get a little bit more depth there. So I really like that pick. Back to the Magic, who have two first round picks this year. Let's see, let's see. I drafted with them Scoot Henderson. So I think you look going maybe a little bit bigger, getting another power forward or center. I see them going with a little bit of a stretch here, but Julian Phillips from Tennessee didn't really see him play a lot this year either. I watched Tennessee, but his name did not stick out to me. So, whatever about that. The Magic back up again. Oh, wait. Now, the Jazz are back up now. Sorry, I'm stumbling here. Nick Smith Jr. is who I drafted with them. 
Um, I really like a small forward. Terquavian Smith from NC State. I think would be a really good addition. A little bit more depth there. So, seems like a good pick to me. Atlanta Hawks, last pick here in the lottery. I'm just going to go with who it's saying in the draft. Keontae George, backup point guard. Get a little bit of help for uh, our boy Trey Young. So, that is my NFL NBA mock drafts. That's just the way I see them playing out. I'm probably completely wrong, like I always am, but that was today's show. I hope that you stuck around and enjoyed. Have a great week. Have a blessed weekend as that's coming around. Just stay blessed, man. But for now, oh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. But for now, your boy Titties is out.